Hello, I'm Dan Masterson, host of Strategy Talk, where we take a unique view of world events. We report news as history. With me today is the editor of StrategyPage.com and well-known military author, Jim Dunnigan. Associate editor and syndicated columnist, Austin Bay, also joins us. Welcome, Austin and Jim. Austin, I have been really curious about, and I know Jim's written a little bit about this, about the treasure trove of intelligence that the Israelis were able to uh, sneak out of Iran. What is it telling us about what has been going on there? Okay, I've I've written a couple of things about this. I did a a column on it, and then I I, I did another uh, analysis for another um, short piece for another online magazine. And everything I know, of course, is is open source. I got a lot of it out of uh, uh, the Israeli press, some things out of the European press, and then some commentary here in the in the U.S. Uh, There's one story that is that makes it a spectacular uh, spy tale of an Israeli uh, intelligence break-in team that got into this into this archive but the bottom line of the intelligence material uh, taken from uh, Iran by the way the Iranian government the Ayatollahs say it's all faked and it's not real but it's real uh, and what has been released and what has been shown to the public, and a lot of it was shown actually in a in a, a television uh, a, a television program with uh, the Israeli Prime Minister uh, Benjamin Netanyahu after it was uh, first released is uh, the Iranians uh, had and have, I will say in the present tense, an active uh, nuclear weapons uh, program in other words, driving to achieve a, a functional, operational uh, nuclear weapon. And at times in the past they had denied this, even though it was it was common common knowledge. Uh, secondly, you can see that the uh, program was uh, in a placed in a condition and including the equipment uh, to support it that it could be uh, restarted. Uh, uh, instantly. Now, that statement I just made assumes that the Iranians actually stopped it. And based on what I read about out of the trove and the elements, there's there's no evidence really that they have. And if you look at the uh, so-called uh, JCPOA, the Obama administration's uh, agreement with the uh, uh, Iranian regime, uh, there are so many holes in that Dan and in, in, in my in my view in terms of being able to uh, tell if the Iranians have really uh, shut down their uh, their program that you, you you can't be certain no matter what the uh, International Atomic Energy uh, Agency uh, reports uh, the so we that the Israelis proved they also was associated material about the uh, 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 delivery systems. Now, the way the Israeli government portrays the uh, information is it, re- it reinforces what the, the Israeli government and numerous other people, including myself, believe about the Iranian uh, nuclear program, that it's never really been shut down, that it's uh, 
really active at best was uh, semi-inactive or semi-active. I guess both words would uh, would apply. Cloaked uh, during the 2015-2016 phase of the Obama administration lifting sanctions and and unfreezing Iranian financial assets, and it reinforces what the current U.S. administration is doing vis-a-vis Iran, saying, you know, you guys are cheaters, you are uh, actively uh, trying to disrupt the entire uh, uh, Persian Gulf littoral. I'm using Persian Gulf, which is what Iran preferred, everybody does. The Arabs want to call it the Arabian Gulf now. And uh, active in Yemen, look what you're doing in, in Syria. You're not being penalized. Iran's not just, that's not the only place Iran is uh, active. Uh, I've covered this, and Jim's covered it. The Iranians uh, have their fingers in all kinds of troublemaking uh Meddling, I think, is armed, med- violent meddling, various terms for it, uh, really uh, all, all around uh, the, uh, the planet. And so the, uh, the Trump administration says that the, 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 the so-called deal with the Iranian Ayatollahs was uh, flimsy, uh, a mistake, and the intelligence trove that the Israelis uh, produced, and they have released information, and it apparently is backed up by enough, um, let's say, uh, sub Rosa sources out of uh, Iran that they really did pull off this uh, this theft. I'll leave it to Jim to speculate if corruption was involved. No, I'll go ahead and do it. I think Iran is so corrupt. I'm sure money was paid somewhere for this team to go in there and break in, but that's just raw rank speculation we're laughing but that's 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 the reality in uh, iran right now and i'll just before I, I turn it over to jim look at all this volatile situation in tehran um the uh, iranian currency the real is fluctuating radically wildly really has been for over a year uh, their economy is, is plunging. A, a couple of their major towns are are suffering water shortages. Uh, Karamshar, for example, it was a, a huge water shortage and water pollution. Uh, here's here's the, the Khomeiniist regime, Ayatollah Khomeini, that replaced the Shah, really promised a Islamic Republic uh, utopia and they would turn all the oil money into a, a better life for Iranians. It hasn't paid off. And I'll just point to something that is in the 1996 edition of A Quick and Dirty Guide to War by James F. Dillingham and Austin Bay. And I'm paraphrasing, but in the Iran chapter in there is the question is, is when will the Iranian people be willing to spend, spill their own blood to topple this regime? And we've come close a couple of times, I think 2009. We may be coming to that point again now because there's open protests where the Iranians on, on cameras, on cameras are, are saying, you know, death to the Ayatollahs, death to the regime. Uh, and they're playing off of the uh, Khomeini's death to America or death to the Shah. And, and uh, it's, it's not a pretty picture. Now, that doesn't, that's not your question about specifically the Iranian trove of uh, nuclear material the Israelis stole, but that's part of the ongoing strategic context. 
Jim, one of the things, though, that Austin leads up to and that I am really curious about because you have mentioned it several times is that this has gotten back to the populace there in Iran via the Internet and other sources, and it has uh, upset people there, correct? Yes. The problem is that for a long time, as Austin pointed out, the, uh, I, the the government got away with blaming outside uh, forces. In other words, the, the Western and other countries who were uh, imposing sanctions and basically preventing them from getting the new technology, new, new commercial aircraft, you name it. Um, and that finally was lifted in 2015. And as some points out, nothing happened. And suddenly, this decades of growing discontent over promises made and broken and watching the the growing corruption especially among the IRGC the uh, the, uh, the revolutionary guard corps which basically guards the the government against its own people and the army uh, the regular military uh, they have grown more and more wealthy uh, they take over more and more businesses uh, for one reason or another and especially when there's another economic catastrophe. So a lot of Iranians blame the current mess on another IRGC, you know, a scam uh, to buy cheap, you know, companies getting into economic trouble because the uh, the consumer economy has not activated. Uh, nothing is happening. Uh, and people are really, you know, ticked off. Uh, so you have the situation where not only are a few groups of people, like in 09, you had the Democrats who are not a, a, the majority of, of Iranians, so you sort of had a democracy. Uh, it's a fake democracy. But anyway, it went through the motions, and, and it satisfied a lot of Iranians for a long time. Uh, the, the problem was the, the senior uh, clerics could veto any candidate, so that gave you a lot of control. Anyway, the, uh, the problem they have now is that uh, the entire country is up in arms. What was so disturbing about the the popular uh, you know protest in started in at the end of 2017 was that they broke out in a part of the country that was always a bulwark of uh, you know IRGC and and you know the government support. These were the base, as they say, and these people were out in the streets because everybody basically realized nothing is changing; it's getting worse. And the only thing that isn't changing and that isn't getting, you know, more active is the corruption. You know, the, 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 the photo, even though the, 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 uh, the, the, the clerical families, it's basically these families of the senior clerics who, who, who amass most of this wealth and the IRGC families, as it were, is their extravagance cannot be hidden. So especially when there's a wedding, these are the... <laughs> Pictures get out, even though they put tight security and on it, try and prevent it. But the news and pictures gets out of this enormously expensive wedding for some IRGC general's daughter. Um, and that outrages people because they barely can get a decent, you know, diet, you know, much less a, 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 a wedding, a lavish wedding for their daughters, uh, much more wedding celebration at all. And this just the anger grows and it grows and it grows. So when you had that uh, that break in the Mossad, uh, uh, you know, caper, uh, as it were, with the, the atomic secrets, um, that you might say in some respects that really, you know, uh, added fuel to the fire because 
the Iranian people, as we've reported quite often, because, you know, it's easy to get, you know, what's happening on the street in Iran via email. Um, and we've always had some good contributors who prove very accurate uh, and reliable, as it were. And they always reported that, no, the word on the street is we definitely have a nuclear program. We're just scamming the rest of the world, which pleases Iranians no end, into uh, uh, so, so sort of believing that, oh, no, no, we don't. Now, this, this was before the 2015 uh, treaty and after. Um, and, of course, you ask the average Iranian, you know, the, about what happened after. So, well, we just, you know, hit it better. And, you know, we're great at hiding things. Well, then came the Mossad escape paper. And one thing uh, Iranians do believe about what the government says about Israel is that they're capable of any deviltry. And, of course, getting into the, the secrets, you know, this is, and, and the, the Mossad brought back a lot of pictures of the facility and how they got in. That convinced them. Because what the Iranians had done, they hid these secrets in plain sight. It was a warehouse, you know, a, a commercial warehouse in a warehouse district. Uh, it had, uh, it didn't have 24-7, you know, human guards, but it had an elaborate alarm system. And inside, you had these very, very late model safes, a whole bunch of safes. And, and where Austin was talking about corruption came in, Iranians would be sort of reluctant to, uh, you know, even take a bribe to betray their company, their, their country's nuclear program. But they would take a bribe from some criminal gang, and the Mossad can impersonate that, that they always work through cutouts and what have you. I says, hey, you know, first the Mossad used those connections to find out, well, who's in all these things? And somebody finally said, uh, well, that warehouse, uh, it used to be auto parts, but now it's some government thing. I don't know what they're storing in there, but it's, it's, it's not important because they, they don't have guards on it all the time. And further inquiries find, oh, yeah, uh, every high-tech alarm system available seems to be installed, and they're getting this from different sources, in that warehouse. You know, and uh, so they say, hey, look, we're planning a heist on some other warehouse, which has one of these alarm systems. And what will it cost us to figure out how to get away from it? And so bit by bit, they they, they separately, you know, uh, you know, pretending to be a bunch of, you know, uh, you know, uh, professional thieves uh, got the particulars not only on the alarm systems, but on the safes, what it would take. So they also naturally just by observation figured out the the, uh, the guard schedule when they were off duty and whatnot, how much time they had, and they put it all together. It was easy peasy in hindsight. And of course, all the people who betrayed various secrets, they thought, and in many cases they, they were in other instances, uh, you know, just giving some information to some criminal gang uh, you know, for a great payoff for themselves. They pulled it off. Now, a lot of Iranians, apparently, they admire this. And they says, man, the scammers scam these scammers. Uh, we're impressed. And that's why you suddenly had an upsurge in pro-Israel attitudes on the street. Um, so when Nenton High, you get, got on the TV and, and broadcast something that got back to the thing about, hey, we will give you, uh, you know, uh, our technology for handling, you know, uh, you know, dry conditions that, you know, it, it, Israel you know, it's, it's a lot drier than, than all of uh, Afghanistan, but it's undergoing one of their periodic droughts. Uh, this drunk a positive note in most Iranians. They said, you know, 
why don't we work with the Israelis instead of against them? And so you don't hear, except when you know, you're you're basically ordered to by the IRGC, uh, death to Israel chance anymore. Uh, and so when exactly there'll be another revolution, it's hard to say. But you got to remember what happened in Eastern Europe. There was never a bloody revolution. Communism fell because so many of the people just walked away. Now, it comes down to, would the IRGC be willing to slaughter a lot of Iranians to reinstill discipline? Well, that's a $64 question, because a lot of the lower-ranking IRGC personnel were out there demonstrating. Again, these people were doing it in front of the video cameras, and a lot of Basish, you know, the, you know, the, the low-level people, they're not doing any better economically than the average Iranian. Um, and... Uh, they got called in and punished or whatever, but that sent a message to the IRGC and to the Ayatollahs that when you start seeing this sort of erosion at the bottom, it doesn't take long before a you know a company commander, battalion commander, who's ordered to fire on the uh, on the on the demonstrators, has got to wonder which way will the guns point when I give the order, fire to order to fire, and that's happened before, and they're all well aware of what happened in Eastern Europe. Every every existing you know dictator is, uh, you know North Korea, Cuba, you know well, Venezuela is a special case. Um, that's where you know socialism's been, been perfected like never before. But the um, the other problem the the Ayatollah has is that they've lost the support of the people, and that's a big big deal. Uh, and and they're not doing anything about it. You know, the sanctions really haven't gone into effect yet. What you're seeing now is the reaction of the people who will have to enforce the sanctions, especially Europe and the banking system. And they're realizing the Americans can do this. They have enough economic clout. They have enough control over the banking system. They have enough of these, these European multinationals have a lot more business in the United States than they'll ever get, you know, new business in Iran. So who are you going to choose? They can all count. They did the math as have the Iranian people, and it comes up against the Iranian, you know, dictatorship. Of course, you know, it's an interesting thing Austin mentioned about the uh, the keeping the nuclear uh, program, you know, uh, on, on uh, submerged, as it were. I, uh, you know, Saddam was doing the same thing. You know, we didn't find an active nuclear program, but we found the same sort of thing where he had all his experts still on the payroll, uh, a lot of stored documents, uh, they tried to destroy some of them. Some were destroyed during the bombing and what have you. But he had the same plan. He had, and as he admitted, which a lot of people conveniently forget now, uh, he never tried to prove that he didn't have a working nuclear program. He wanted to make the Iranians think he did. And the Iraqis and the Iranians, they thought the same way like that. The Iranians, so the Americans went in there and were able to check everything uh, there was a great sigh of relief throughout Iran. That didn't last long, at least at the higher levels. Uh, but the Iranian people remember that. You know, it wasn't their government who removed Saddam, as they had been vowing to do for, for over a decade. It was, it was the Americans. You know, and it keeps coming back again and again and again. Our leaders break their promises. Our supposed enemies do not. And there you go. You know, the truth hurts in the end. So, Austin... One of the things that's happened, too, inside Iran is that the the people are upset about the money being spent uh, in Syria, uh, in uh, 
Gaza, uh, along the uh, <clears throat> northern border of Israel. Uh, how is that? I, I mean, how are they getting that information that that's going on? Well, Dan, they can't shut off the internet completely. Uh, they can't uh, shut down satellite television, satellite uh, phone uh, transmissions. There's, there's too much bleed. And also people talk. Uh, people have plenty of Iranian expatriates live all over the world, U.S. and, and Europe. I, I think the Iranian adventures in Syria and Yemen, first of all, they have not succeeded in the quote-unquote grand strategy, whether you want to call it the, uh, uh, the uh, spread of uh, Islamic uh, uh, re- revolution or are carving out uh, the, a Shia arc, Shia connection. Uh, to uh, that hasn't been achieved. All the money in frozen assets seems to have uh, disappeared. And as I talked about it, and Jim's come back to it, uh, uh, Iran's economy has deteriorated. The, the money was invested. It, the money that was not stolen or skimmed was invested in meddling operations, terror. Uh, Assassination, war fighting, war fighting in Yemen, and uh, the Iranians are losing in Yemen. They know that. Now I know that uh, Jim's got a new piece up on Hodeida, which I've uh, that port that the Houthis still uh, still control. But really, essentially, since the end of May, middle of June, the Saudi Arabian-led uh, coalition has invested that port and its its utility for supplying the Houthis outside of you know, corrupt smuggling channels. On this is has has been great, greatly diminished. Uh, may sound like a small small detail, but the Saudis, the Emiratis, the Qataris, even though they're at odds with the UAE and Saudi Arabia right now, Kuwaitis and Iranis all know about it. Therefore, the Iranians do, because they're within easy, easy range of, uh, of picking up even regular uh, broadcast television from uh, those uh, 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 those places. It's all over Iraq too, and it's you know, the Iranians know that that's uh, that uh, that Yemen has. Ended in another uh, failure. Uh, the grand promises of the Khamenei's have come to nothing. Now let's move back to corruption. There's been a lot of coverage over the last couple of months. I'm going to talk, Jim. You know, mentioned Venezuela with Maduro as being something a little bit in a different situation than these other cesspools and uh, cesspool dictatorships. Well, a lot's been leaking out of the uh, corruption with the Venezuelan national oil company. Uh, we know it's been going on, but it looks like the Maduro and the group around him, and, and these, these are not, you know, propaganda allegations. They're ongoing investigations really all over the, all over the world in banks. Many tens of millions within the last year has been siphoned off 
by uh, the dictatorship. Well, there's evidence, evidence, and it, it hasn't reached flood proportion, but you can see what can be done by clever intelligence agencies, but it's also done every day by open source intelligence agencies called banks, and banks making transfers and money arbitrage and the like. Uh, what's gone on with uh, with uh, uh, Iranian oil sales, and it's this is something that the Iranian people suspect. I know that sounds like a grand generalization, but Jim's already sketched some of their their own sources on that, and Jim's also sketched the differences between the strata uh, uh, upper stratum of the Revolutionary Guards, Assad Iran. And, and the security apparatus and, and the lower levels. The Iran, which has no reason to be a poor country, is becoming a poor country. And the corruption is part of it, and the corruption is centered around the regime and the regime's security apparatus. So and that's why I'm picked on, on, on Venezuela. Venezuelans may be, you know, they're struggling for food, fleeing, fleeing, fleeing to Colombia, <clears throat> even even Suriname and some other. I said even, I don't mean to run down Suriname, but I mean, the, the, the comparison used to be the pitiful little Suriname and mighty wealthy Venezuela. Uh, that, that seeds intense hatred, that robbery of uh, the, the regime, and it becomes a personal personal hatred, which for dictators is comes the danger that Jim was uh, describing. And I, I, that process, it's already at work in, in Iran, and I, I, I just, I'm, I'm, this, this is scenario, Dan, but I strongly suspect we're going to see some of that come out, particularly as the Iranians, the Iranian government, let me put it this way, tries to fight a diplomatic, political information warfare battle to open uh, oil markets in the face of uh, renewed U.S. sanctions. I think you'll see some of that come out. I'm not going to say it's coming from the CIA or American intelligence assets. I think it might come from, well, I'll take a stab at it, Jim, Wall Street. It might come from London. It might show up in, 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 in numerous places about uh, the, the sustained the, the Ayatollahs and the Revolutionary Guard uh, senior officers can say it's all lies, but the Iranian people are going to know it's not lies any more than the Venezuelan people know that they're being lied to about being ripped off by Maduro's clique. So that's gets back to the you know the corruption has helped destroy Iran, but it's also a part of the uh, fuel the fuse. Uh, that uh, ignites ignites the revolution. Again, I'm not predicting the revolution, but you see these elements in play. And that's part of one of the things we like to do, at least on strategy talk, is speculate a bit about that. Jim, did I miss anything with that? No, you covered it pretty well. The uh, the, the basic problem is that they have a, a failing economy and they're not willing to clean up the corruption because it means cleaning up themselves. That it will take to fix it. They've really got themselves painted into a corner, literally. And yes, they've hidden. They've apparently hidden most of the stolen money inside of Iran. 
uh, because they know that the uh, United States and various other, you know, audit agencies, uh, foreign audit agencies, have been scouring it. Uh, Maduro money is starting to show up overseas in the United States. Uh, you know, big banks sometimes scam, sometimes being part of it, uh, moving, you know, uh, washing cash as it were. Um, but the, uh, the give the give the Ayatollahs credit. You know, they practice what they preach. You know, we're doing this for Iran, but we own it. Uh, and, and they apparently have no illusions about uh, uh, flying away to some foreign exile if they, if they get caught in this revolution. So they're in it to the death, literally. Where would they go? That's a great point. That's North, it. There's the North Korea? I don't think they're going to North Korea. They don't know how to read North Korea. I mean, no, that, no the, the only possibilities they have is Iraq, which is run by a, uh, you know, a, a Shia majority you know, government. But uh, that Shia majority government is very much split about how much they support the, uh, the religious dictatorship as practiced in Iran. And so money, you know, money can buy a lot of things. But again, because of the way they, they basically kept a lot of their assets in Iran, if there was a revolution, bingo, they lose all that. I mean, they did it to the Shah. I mean, the Shah had a lot of stuff overseas, but, you know, the, the uh, Alitoys apparently have very little uh, that is stolen. And um, so, you know, they basically go down with the ship, all power to them. Well, Venezuela was one of the candidate countries I had for the Ayatollahs to run to. This is me, Austin, playing uh, spy novelist, and I'm, I'm looking back four or five years ago, but not anymore. Yeah, they're, I know. They're not, they're not going the to the beach. Case. Yeah, no. they're not going to the beach. Yeah. <laughs> and they're not going to Belize. No, so, not. <laughs> so, well, we'll wrap it up there. Go, go ahead, Jim. They don't, they, don't, they don't have that much portable you know, wealth right. with them. I mean, they could go to Cuba if they had enough money. Right. Cuba will take anybody if you can pay. They yeah. can't pay. Right. Well, we'll wrap it up there with the Ayatollahs having nowhere to go but down with the ship. And uh, we'll talk to you gentlemen next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Till then.